Welcome to All Caring Conversations. Your health and wellness matters. I'm your host, Tracy Dawn Brewer. Happy Heart Month. I'm excited to bring Cameron Kasmer to you today. Cameron has been with Altman's Cardiac Rehabilitation Department for nine years as the exercise physiologist and is the cardiac rehab lead. His information today is so valuable. It could keep you from meeting him personally one day, which is sort of the ultimate goal once you hear how you work with him in his department. Listen in to learn more. Welcome to a new episode of Alt Caring Conversations. Today, we're going to continue our focus on Heart Health Month with Cameron Kazmir, exercise physiologist and cardiac rehab lead in the cardiac rehabilitation department at Altman Hospital. Welcome to our program, Cameron. I'm so happy to have you with our audience today to discuss exercise as medicine for the heart. Would you mind sharing a little bit about your experience and journey with Altman? Yeah, thank you, Tracy. First of all, I'm excited to be on here to uh, talk about some exercise with everybody. Uh, but yeah, I've been working in cardiac rehab as an exercise physiologist at Altman for nine years now. So a little background about, about cardiac rehab. It's a uh, 12-week program, uh, and people who qualify for it are people who, who have had a recent uh, cardiac procedure or new cardiac diagnosis. Most common patients that we see are people recovering from stents. Uh, open heart bypass surgery, valve surgery, uh, a diagnosis of heart failure. Uh, and there are some other various miscellaneous uh, cardiac diagnosis as well that we'll see. But uh, they come in as 12 weeks. They, they work out three days a week for 30 minutes each um, time they're here. And neat thing about the program, not only do we do exercise, we also offer education classes uh, prior to each uh, visit. Yeah, so they, they learn anything from uh, diet to exercise to heart anatomy uh, and kind of like what they should be doing following uh, their graduation of the program. So that's actually one of the, the best things about the program is things that they learn um, in addition to the exercise that they get. Yeah, I love that it's a defined you know time frame and program. I love that you offer that. And your expertise provides a great foundation to help our community as a whole understand how exercise is so vital to heart health. And you identify it as medicine. I love that. And I know many providers state how much of that medicine that they want us to have every day. Do you have like a basic prescription, if you will, for like daily exercise? Sure. Yeah, I mean, we do recommend um, four to seven days a week. Uh, the recommendation is about 150 minutes per week. Um, but we say if you can do at least four days a week and lasting between 30 and 60 minutes of uh, light to moderate exercise, uh, that's really good. Usually we cut it off at 60 minutes. There's been some research done that anything after 60 minutes, there's really no additional benefit to exercise. Uh -huh. um, and then also, you know, just real life plays in, plays a role in that too. Everybody has a life. You know, I, I always tell people if you can just, you know, figure into your day 30 to 45 minutes uh, and not worry about exercising for a long time, those people are more likely to continue their exercise, you know, for a lifetime. Right. You know, I think people who go, you know, all out right from the beginning and exercise for one to two hours, um, you know, it's, it's a very small percentage who may <laughs> yeah. be able to do that, but for the average person, 
Uh, more than 60 minutes is not necessarily attainable. Just like I said, mm-hmm. I mentioned, everybody has a life. You have things you're going to do. Yeah. Um, so keeping it less than 60, I, I say the gold standards, 30 to 45. And those people are more likely to, to sustain it over a lifetime. So let's talk about some cardiac risks. You know, are there things that we can control when it comes to cardiac risk? Yes, yeah, so we have uh, cardiac risk factors. Uh, and there are risk factors that we can control. And there's actually risk factors that we can't. Uh, the official name of it is called modifiable versus non-modifiable risk factors. Oh, so okay. some of the modifi- modifiable risk factors we have uh, include hypertension, which is uh, high blood pressure, uh, high cholesterol, diabetes, smoking, uh, stress, obesity. Uh, so those are risk factors we can change. And then we have some that, that are non-modifiable or things mm-hmm. we cannot change. Uh, age, unfortunately, can't change that. So as we you know, age, uh, naturally the, the muscles will weaken and that mm-hmm. includes the cardiac muscle. So uh, genetics, unfortunately, uh, family history plays a part in heart yeah. disease. And then males over the age of 55 and females over 65 uh, is considered a cardiac risk factor. Oh, okay. I really have never heard those age points before. So mm-hmm. that's really interesting. Wow. Sometimes, just like you said, as you age, your muscles weaken and that heart muscle is one of them. So sometimes I feel like we take our heart for granted. It just goes on beating and it's working and we mm-hmm. really don't think about it. Like, you know, we have to tell it to work. Uh, you mentioned when we were preparing for the podcast that there are really eight benefits of exercise. And can you discuss those eight points and how they can improve those factors we just discussed? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I kind of have it listed here in, in a certain order. So I, I have number one because uh, it really uh, pertains to our cardiac rehab. And number one, overall, we mentioned about the age, how it, you know, our heart tends to weaken as we age. Uh, exercise can help strengthen the heart overall. And it, it's pretty neat. And just for the average exerciser, it's something they can watch. And how they can notice if their heart's getting stronger or not is based on their heart rate. So usually if somebody is a new exerciser, when they start exercising, their heart rate will probably increase pretty quickly. And as they are finished with their exercise, they'll notice that their heart rate does not return back to resting very quickly. And as you get into better shape, as your heart strengthens, you'll notice it'll take a a little bit more work to get your heart rate up. And then also maybe even more important, which some people will argue that um, you can almost tell how good a shape somebody is uh, by how fast their heart rate recovers. Uh, as you continue to get stronger, your heart rate will, will get back to your resting quicker, which means you're in good shape. And especially, uh, you know, relating to our, our cardiac patients we see, you know, uh, when they're recovering from whatever cardiac event they had, uh, naturally there's gonna be some cardiac weakness. So mm-hmm. kind of similar to if somebody had a, let's say like a knee or hip replacement, you know, they'll do physical therapy after, you know, they're done with that surgery to, you know, help strengthen those muscles around their, uh, their implant. Whereas with the cardiac, you know, their, their muscles going to be naturally weaker after surgery. So they prescribe cardiac rehab, which is strictly cardio exercise or aerobic exercise. Okay. Uh, and that's what helps strengthen our, our heart muscle. Wow. So, and it's pretty neat to watch throughout the, the 12 week program. I mentioned about the heart rates. 
uh, we can actually see week to week how their heart rates decrease. Oh, I bet. And, and, and really, we see them physically get stronger as well. So that, that's really a cool part of our job in, in cardiac rehab. Second one, uh, it helps exercise can help decrease blood pressure, which is a huge cardiac risk factor. They say uh, hypertension or high blood pressure is considered the primary risk factor for heart disease. In addition to heart disease, it's also uh, for stroke as well. And other, other things too, kidney issues, other organ issues as well. But just to focus on, on cardiac, exercise can help decrease blood pressure. It, it almost has a, a short-term and a long-term effect on blood pressure short-term meaning day-to-day and long-term meaning, you know, over time. So the short-term effect of it is if somebody comes in, you know, let's say somebody has hypertension, blood pressure over 140 over 90, you know, they, they check their blood pressure beforehand. And then with exercise, blood pressure should go up while we're exercising. That's actually a healthy response. So okay. your, your systolic pressure, your top number, uh, really, we, we would hope it goes up about at least 20 points on that top number with exercise. And then uh, following uh, the exercise with a proper cool down, uh, we hope that your blood pressure goes back down to resting, uh, if not below or what you had at the start, which is actually a very healthy response. And, and kind of going back to point one, uh, talk about the heart rates, blood pressure will start to recover quicker also, the better to shape somebody's in. Okay. So exercise is a great way as far as a short-term way for people to, to decrease blood pressure. And I, I kind of have an example of a few cardiac patients that we've had uh, okay. with blood pressure. Uh, it's it's kind, of a, kind of a long story, but I'll make it short. So uh, let's say if somebody comes in, you know, their first day of cardiac rehab and their blood pressure is like, you know, let's say 150 over 92. Okay. We'd say it's a little elevated. That's a high blood pressure. And then let's say we check it with exercise and it goes up, which is fine. We, that's totally fine for it going up. Even if it starts at 150, we, we don't mind it. Uh, but afterwards, let's say we check it again and, is, and he's all rested, did a proper cool down, maybe some stretching mm -hmm. uh, and his resting blood pressure post exercise, let's say is 124 over 76. And this is an example that happens quite often. Oh. And and he's like, oh my gosh, I, I I'm healed. I don't have any more blood pressure. <laughs> so the question is, does one exercise session does that cure hypertension? Unfortunately, it does not. Let's say he's so excited, he goes home later that night, and he has to show his whole household his new blood pressure because now he's been dealing with high blood pressure for years, and finally it was good after his exercise. Let's say he he checks it at home, and his blood pressure is. 150 over 90. Oh, no. like, like, what the heck? What happened? Why did my blood pressure go back up? Right. So, so physiologically, what happened was after his exercise, his arteries were nice and dilated. Uh, they were nice and relaxed. Therefore, his pressure decreased. And so from that time until, you know, six hours later, when he checked it again, his arteries slowly went back to its resting state, a little more uh, narrow, a little more uh, stiff. And his pressure went back up. Oh wow, that's fascinating! Oh wow, yeah. I love that so, story. <laughs> Long-term effect is hopefully that that person would keep it up, and over yeah. time the arteries would remain a little wider, a little bit more flexible. Therefore, uh, a permanent uh, healthier blood pressure. Yeah. So that's kind of the difference between the short-term and long-term effects of exercise on blood pressure. 
I love that. So, that's such, that is fascinating to me. Yeah, I didn't even is, realize that was a scenario to watch for. Yeah, wow. which is very big for, like I mentioned earlier, how important blood pressure is to cardiac health. So yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Your Blood Pressure. Do you know your numbers? The American Heart Association wants to be sure you do. Visit heart.org to learn more about all of those crucial digits. Number three, uh, helps decrease cholesterol. So uh, once again, another cardiac risk factor. So th the science of that is exercise is probably the best way to help increase our HDL cholesterol, which is, a, which is our good cholesterol. And so we have our HDLs and LDLs. Uh, so a way you can kind of remember it as far as what's good, what's bad. HDL is the, so H being the healthy one, LDL being the lousy one. So the LDL is the. the, the I love that. I never yeah. can keep this straight. That's perfect. Yeah, so that's a good way to remember it. Uh, so naturally, the more HDLs we have, the less LDLs we're going to have. So, um, so with our exercise, with our increase in our HDLs, it will help lower LDLs, which therefore lowers our total cholesterol. So that's kind of the science behind that. A fun fact about that is one, one 30 minute exercise, uh, aerobic exercise routine can actually decrease your total cholesterol by five points. What? So, uh, yeah. So, but of course, every good thing, there's a catch to that. So, okay. um, the catch is with 24 hours of physical inactivity that follows that, that number can go right back up. So that's just the catch with that. But keeping up with exercise can really be a good way to control cholesterol. Consistency. Uh, that's right. interesting. Wow. I'm learning something with every point. This is so good. Great. I'm glad to hear it. What's your fourth point? <laughs> All right. Number four, uh, improves body composition. Or another way you could put that is it increases muscle mass and you can decrease body fat. So uh, and I always like to add to that one. And this is a quote that I've heard years ago, but I love to repeat it. And it goes, you can't out-exercise a bad diet. So if somebody is trying to lose weight to begin with, it, it's it's tough. It's really hard. It's a lot easier said than done. But we're trying to lose weight uh, with just adding exercise is really tough. Uh, you have to have a heart-healthy diet with it. So what counts as a heart-healthy diet? I have three little tips that I'll just kind of list here that yeah, uh, yeah. I think are really good. Uh, one, which is huge, limiting added sugars. Neat thing about the added sugars is a couple of years ago, they just updated the food label to where they, um, they put how much added sugar is in the product. They actually list a numerical value, how many grams are added uh, in that product. Whereas prior to that, they used to be able to hide how much added sugar was in the product. Wow. That teeny tiny little print that, that they would put at the food label. Uh, and you never know how much you're getting. So uh, kind of a rule of thumb, we try, we tell our people try to aim for less than 30 grams a day. Uh, of course, the less, the better. The average American takes in between 80 and 100 grams of added sugar a day. So I think that's a, a really good tip. Okay. Uh, I always say this, if somebody can take in at least three uh, fruits and vegetables a day, that's really important. Uh, I almost think of it as an addition by subtraction. The more fruits and vegetables you have, naturally, the less of the bad foods you're going to have. And my third tip for that is uh, portion control. And that can be easy mm -hmm. as not going back for a second. Yeah, those are great tips, something that we oh. could all control and, and pay attention to. Yeah. 
Number five. So uh, people who have diabetes, uh, exercise helps uh, decrease glucose levels and uh, stabilizes it at a healthy level. So what happens there, the science says, when so diabetes is an excess of glucose or sugar in the bloodstream. So when we're exercising, uh, we actually pull some glucose from our bloodstream and for our muscles to, to work efficiently. And we actually burn that glucose off. So people who have diabetes, it'll actually lower their blood sugar. Some people can even burn about a hundred points on their blood sugar from one exercise session. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, so that's really good for, for people who are diabetics. Uh, once again, another big cardiac risk factor. All right. So we're on to number six, uh, yeah. my favorite on here, uh, exercise helps decrease stress levels. Uh, you know, everybody has some type of stress in their life and is looking for healthy ways to, uh, to help with stress. Cause of course there's healthy and unhealthy ways people deal with stress. True. Uh, so exercise is a, a very healthy way to deal with stress. And, uh, I, I think I see it a lot in our cardiac rehab. I mean, you know, people are there to get better, but then there's sometimes where, you know, there's days where they don't want to be there. Of course, how everybody is with exercise, there's days you don't want to do it, which I, sometimes I say, I think with exercise, the hardest part is actually getting started yes. and that we're actually going to the gym or mm -hmm. some people exercise in their basement, just getting down your stairs to exercise. And once you're there, you, you're almost good to go. You know, the, the hardest part is actually getting started. Uh, but I see a lot of times people kind of dragging their feet like, oh, I don't want to be here today. You know, it's it's a nice day outside. I'd rather be outside. And, and I always notice when, when they're done, people are always walking a little taller and just, you know, they they just look proud that they, they got it in yep. and feel better. Um, and if there's one uh, statement that I've heard, I'm kind of paraphrasing too, as far as from the nine years I've been here is people will say, man, Cameron, I, I feel so much better when I'm leaving here than when I came in. And yeah. I've heard that so many times. So, so exercise, it just makes you feel good in general. Seven oh, already. <laughs> yeah. Improve sleep. Uh, there's been some studies done about this, about people who have a regular exercise routine uh, show better sleep patterns than those who do not. And specifically on days when you exercise, you get more hours of that deep sleep, uh, which is like the really healthy uh, point of sleep. So mm -hmm. exercise can really help with sleeping. And of course, sleeping, uh, sleep health is very good for overall health. So uh, that's a great thing exercise can do. So we're on our, are we on our last one already? We are, yes. <laughs> um, decreases the urge to use tobacco. Exercise can actually do that. It can help people not want to smoke or, or whatever tobacco habit they may have. Uh, it can decrease that urge to where they don't want to do it. They, they almost start to feel healthier when they exercise and they, they almost feel that they know that that habit is unhealthy and it, it does something with the mind that they, they don't want to do it anymore. So that's, and there's been some research done on that. So I think that's, yeah. that's really good. Um, so there is a reason why I picked these eight here. Uh, we mentioned earlier that exercise can act as a medicine. Yeah. So all of these things that I listed here has a medication that can that can mimic the same thing that exercise can do. So I'll kind of go through them here. So number one, I mentioned strengthens the heart. There's a relatively new drug out there called Entresto. That's very, very good. Okay. Uh, and it actually strengthens the pumping power of our ventricles. So exercise can kind of act as like this Entresto drug. Number two, blood pressure. Of course, many blood pressure medications out there. Oh, yeah. 
so it can act as a blood pressure medicine. Three, uh, cholesterol, you know, Lipitor, Crestor, those are your big two, yep. uh, your statin drugs. Uh, so it can act as a uh, cholesterol medication. And then what's the biggest problem with the cholesterol medications? A lot of people hurt with cholesterol medication, get that side effect of, you know, muscle achiness. Yep. So exercise can maybe help get rid of a cholesterol medication or lift, or at least lead to less medication of that, which is who doesn't want that. And number four, the body composition or weight loss. Of course, there, there's all those weight loss uh, drugs out there now. Five is a really big one for diabetics. Insulin, metformin. Uh, we've seen firsthand uh, some cardiac rehab people uh, have their insulin or metformin decreased. Uh, we've had some rare occasions where people have been taken off their insulin. So that's amazing there. The stress, you have your anxiety medications. Uh, seven, there's sleeping pills out there. Uh, and then eight, you have like your nicotine replacement therapy, the, yeah. the gum, the patches. So it can kind of act like a, one of those things. So, and overall, uh, exercise decreases the risk of heart disease. Most of my uh, things I went over are cardiac risk factors as well. So mm -hmm. this kind of shows how exercise can help improve our cardiac risk factors uh, and act as a medicine in helping those cardiac risk factors. Yeah. Exercise is not going to get recalled either. There's, okay. there's a pretty famous quote out there that said, if, if you could put uh, exercise, all, all the benefits of exercise that it has, if you could put all of that into a single pill, that would be the most prescribed medication in the world. Absolutely. That was pretty neat. So let's talk a little bit about age. I know you brought up those points about male and female and the ages that were something we needed to look at. Does it matter when it comes to heart health and exercise? No, it does not matter. Age is pretty much just the number pertaining to showing benefits of exercise. Uh, there, there's another, I've, I've kind of referenced research a lot. There's a, a famous study out there in the world of exercise physiology of uh, that people over 90 can still add muscle mass if they start a resistance training program. So, um, so if anybody ever uses the excuse of saying, oh, I, I'm too old to exercise, um, there's no excuse for that. So uh, <laughs> anybody can show anybody can show benefit of, of starting an exercise program, even if they weren't an exerciser uh, to begin with. If they just start picking it up at 80 years old, they're going to show benefits and probably pretty quickly too. Do, do people contact you prior to having the need of rehabilitation? Is this something you help people that have early risk factors? I mean, how do we get in touch with you, Cameron? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, so unfortunately, no, we only get, you know, like referrals after a cardiac event. I think a lot of it should come from you know, more education to be out there about how exercise is so beneficial. How does someone qualify to be part of that? Yeah. So once they have a, uh, a cardiac event, uh, mm -hmm. stent, bypass, valve replacement, heart failure diagnosis, uh, they get referred by a physician uh, to do the program. So it's not necessarily mandatory. Physicians really want you to do it, but it's mm -hmm. ultimately up to the patient to do it. And believe it or not, only about 30% of people actually sign up for cardiac rehab. Wow. Uh, and of those 30% that sign up for it, uh, I mean, this stat I think should be out there even more. Of those 30% who actually do the program and complete the program, 
they have a, a 60% less likely chance of having a reoccurring cardiac event compared to those people who did not do cardiac rehab. That's huge. So, yeah, yes. that's so important. And I mean, I think even, you know, if I had to say something, a lot of times people will say, well, I don't know what to do for exercise. I don't have any equipment. Uh, I don't have time. Those are probably the two biggest barriers yeah, to people exercising. And and I almost, ha- I kind of have two answers to those. So uh, as far as the time goes, if somebody could just uh, add some walking, actually, it's almost a two for one answer. The equipment and time, just adding some walking uh, can be so beneficial. A study just came out, uh, another study here for you, just came out a couple months ago from uh, the International Journal of Behavioral uh, Nutrition and Physical Activity. They're saying for every 1,000 steps, over 10,000 a day. Uh, can decrease your risk of uh, heart disease, morbidity, and mortality. So it can wow. decrease your risk of having uh, a heart attack and then dying from a heart attack. So, so that's, that's interesting. So just adding an extra thousand a day, you know, and for every extra thousand, it decreases yeah. your risk even more. So, uh, so you know, if the weather's bad, there's always the mall, mm-hmm. uh, fitness centers. You can go. There's places that have you know indoor tracks that can be really beneficial. Well, this was all just great information. I learned so much. I really thank you for sharing your expertise with us and to hear so much detail that we can control and that can positively affect our heart health and overall health. And really, if anybody, once they hear our episode has questions, if they email me at whereyoumatter at altcare.com, I can get those questions to you. But this was wonderful. I loved hearing all about looking at exercise this way. So thanks so much, Cameron, for your time. Yeah, thank you, Tracy. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed it. (laughs) Have a great day. Thank you, too.